Welcome to the end of a year. We made it, it looks like, through 2017. Woo! Another accomplishment. And uh, are you happy to be here today? All right. If you're not, don't fake it. Just sit there with your arms crossed. But if you're happy to be here today, would you let me know? All right. All right. Some of you are happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Man, I was struggling with a cold the last few days, and I said to my wife, I don't know, I can't really call Cyrus late Saturday night and spring this one on him. And, and uh, so anyway, I'm just glad to be here. But man, I'm really glad to open God's Word with you today and, and share some thoughts with you. This time of year, I like it. It's a good time to reflect. And we're going to do some reflecting today. Hopefully, I give you some homework and you would reflect later today. You'd reflect tonight. You'd reflect this next week. But if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn with me today to Psalm 16. Psalm 1-6, page 453. Page 453. And uh, I want to ask you some questions today. I want to ask you some questions to think. I'll start with something like this. What have you done this past year? If you just start mulling that over in your head, what have you done this past year? Where have you gone this past year? What have you been through this past year? I want you to think through that a bit. Have you traveled much? Would you just nod like this if you have traveled much or like this? I don't know if that's called a nod. What's that called? Shake. Shake if you haven't traveled much. Just let me see some heads moving in one direction or another. I see some of this and I see some of this. That's good. All right. Well, as I was thinking about this, have you traveled much? I thought, wait a second. We've all traveled so much this past year. We're on a planet that is cruising right now through outer space. Did you know that? I got to look this up because I haven't memorized this one. Our planet is traveling through space at 67,000 miles an hour right now as we speak. We're on a rock that is just cruising through space, going around the sun, and in another 365 and a quarter days, we'll come back to this spot, moving at 67,000 miles an hour. Boy, you have traveled this year. If you thought you were doing some of this earlier, if I traveled much, you need to start going like this. Man, I've traveled a lot this year. Man, I was just cruising through space. And not only have we been cruising through space, but we have going, been going through life I was thinking about that, and I thought, man, that just makes me feel small. There's this massive star called the sun, and I'm on this planet just cruising through space. I thought, man, I, I seem insignificant, but to God, he, he sees me as valuable. And this is just kind of mind-blowing. But anyway, today I want to talk about traveling on a path. Traveling on a path, not necessarily through outer space, but what path have we been traveling even with our own heart I've entitled this message, Can You Tell Me How to Get To, and the answer is Sesame Street, right? All right, some of us remember that. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? I was looking this up, 1969, this show first aired. Some of us grew up with that. Raise your hand if you grew up with Sesame Street, yeah. And uh, anyway, I, I want to do a little uh, quiz. I need some people to do a quiz on Sesame Street. So if you know something about Sesame Street, would you, somebody kind of my age, somebody knew that the answer to the question, can you tell me how to get to was Sesame Street? Well, I need to, maybe a kid and somebody who used to watch Sesame Street growing up, come on, uh, I'm going to pick on somebody if you don't do this. I got rewards if you do well enough. 
All right, how's that? Okay, you, come up here. He, he heard rewards. All right. And so you were probably around in 1969 when Sesame Street started. No, you weren't? Okay, and I need a youngster. Let's say youngster, like younger than me. Okay, um, all four Retman kids that are there, come up here, man. The Retman kids like getting involved. Do you know the, uh, Kim and Cyrus's kids? These, this is only four of the five they got here. Come up, we've got Karis and um, Caleb and Ruth and Lydia. Do you guys know Mike? This is Mike. Shake Mike's hand and say, hi, Mike. All right. Mike's going to help you ace this Sesame Street quiz. So I want you to tell me, uh, group here, the, the names of these characters. Let's go from left to right. Do you know the names of any of these characters? Okay, who's on the far left? Say it real loud. Any of you. Who? Close. Starts with a G. You need Mike's help? If you don't help him out, you might not win the prize here. Cookie Monster is the blue one on that side, all right? The church is going to help you. This is why you need church, you know? Grover, all right. Okay, so we got Grover. Then the yellow guy with the big pointy head is named? Ernie. I don't know if it's Bert or Ernie. It's Ernie? It's Ernie. We're going to go with Ernie. Ernie's little, what? Wait, the tall one's Bert? You guys aren't going to... Oh, the tall one's Bert. You knew that? Okay, we're going to go with that then. Grover, Bert, the red one. Let's go with the red one. Elmo. Elmo. Elmo, very good. The big yellow one. Shh, don't tell them. They're not going to share their prize with you. Don't tell them yet. Big Bird, all right. Uh, The blue one we've already said is Cookie Monster. Who's the guy with the black pokey hair? Ernie. I think that's Ernie now. Okay, we got the Berts and the Ernies figured out. Now, the tough one is, who's the yellow one way over there? Man, you're too old for this one. This is kind of a... a new one. Yeah, this, you're right. It's a new one. Do you know this one? Okay, do you want to um, use a lifeline? Zoe. Zoe? How'd you get that? All right, Dad's helping you out. Zoe, the little pink one with little things in her... Church, do you know this one? How do you know this? You, said, you were at first service. You, Abby. 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 I think it's Abby Kadabi is her name. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the uh, little duck in Ernie's hand is named? What's his name? Little Rubber Ducky. Okay, we got one more picture. These are, you got to get these three to get the prize. Oh, okay, what do you know? Who's that? Mr. Snuffleupagus. Man, that was a good one, Mike. You watched that one. Okay, who's the other one? Uh, the one in the middle, you know that one? The trash can guy. The grouch. We're getting closer. Oscar the grouch. Oscar the grouch. And then on the left we have... I think it's not Dracula. Just the count. The count. All right. So this is Sesame Street. When I was a kid, I watched this. You, you should watch some of this stuff. And Okay, anyway, I'm going to give one for your family to share, and then we're going to give one for Mike all by himself because he helped you. All right, thank you for playing Sesame Street Game Show today. Whew, man, barely made it through that one. Can you tell me how to get to? I was looking at that question, and I thought, 
who wrote that question? And I thought, it probably wasn't a guy. All right? Guys aren't going to ask directions how to get to Sesame Street. Right? I wouldn't ask that question. I'm going to try to figure it out myself. Can you tell me how to? I'm just not going to ask. Many of us guys don't like asking directions. And I thought, why is that? Let's just talk men for a second. Why don't we like asking for directions or help? And I, I came up with three answers for myself. You might have some others. But I thought, one, I'm a proud individual. All right, I don't want to act like I'm lost. I don't want help from people. Anybody like that in this room? Don't want help? All right. You don't, you're too proud to admit it? All right. Proud or foolish? Like, uh, I, I should be asking this question, but I'm just too foolish to know that I need help. But then I thought, this is the reason I don't ask for directions. I told my wife for a service, I said, this is the reason I don't ask for directions. I'm a bad listener. And even if I got the directions, I wouldn't remember the directions, all right? And I thought, that is me. And I thought, wait a second, this isn't just a Scott Miller man problem. This is a human problem, isn't it? Isn't it a human problem that we are proud? We're not going to ask for help. We're foolish. We don't even know that we need help. Or the fact that we are bad listeners. We're going to talk about a place to go today. Can you tell me how to get to? And yet I know that we all have some pride and foolishness. Some bad listening skills here today. That we'd say, I just want to go through life my way. Today I want us to consider the questions, where have I been? Or where am I now? Or where are we Going And we're going to use the Bible to help us answer this question. Can you tell me how to get to the path of life? Not Sesame Street, but how can you tell me how to get to the path of life? How to get through the path of life? If you have your Bible, open up to Psalm 16, if you would. Page 453. David is writing this. He's the king of the nation of Israel. We can see some of this in this psalm. I want to read the entire psalm to you and pick some of this out today. Follow along as I read, please. He says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, that is Yahweh, you are my Lord or Master. I have no good apart from you. If you're an underliner, I would underline that. I've put this verse to memory recently. I have no good apart from you. Verse 3, as for the saints, the holy people in the land, King David writes, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out to take their names on my lips. And then he says this, verse 5, the Lord is my chosen portion, my cup. You hold my lot. There's a relationship he's mentioning with the Lord. Verse 6, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. He's considering the relationship he has with God, the inheritance he has with him. Verse 7, I bless or honor the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, in light of all of that, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or the grave or let your Holy One see corruption. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. 
In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let's consider this today. There's this path of life that David is writing about. The king of Israel needed to know this path. I want to walk on this path that God has set out for me. But you and I need to know this as well today. And so I have some questions for you as we do some self-reflecting today, as even we start some self-reflecting for later today or this week. Let's start with this question. What paths have I traveled in 2017? Would you write this down? What paths have I traveled? And before you start answering, well, I went to Arizona or I went to Montana, or before you start answering those questions, let's just consider the value of looking back about where we have been to consider the paths that we have been on. In your notes, you see a kind of a weird image of all these different images. These are the logos of the different sermon series that I've preached in 2017. I just did some self-reflecting and said, where have we been as a church? Last January, we were talking about the king and the kingdom. And then after the resurrection, about the advancing kingdom. Or soul care, talking about how we need soul Trust the Lord for soul care. And I looked at this and just, what paths have we traveled as a church? What paths have I been on? It's a personal question I'd like you to consider today. What paths have I traveled this year? Consider this, if you would. What paths have I, have I been on a path toward health or unhealth? Have I been, and this isn't just physical, but it could be emotional, it could be spiritual, financial, relational. Have I been on a path of health or unhealth? Am I currently on a path of health or unhealth? Have I been a bit down a path toward destruction? Have I been on a path toward restoration? And we might say yes to all of these. Yeah, at times I've been on a path toward destruction, but right now I'm back on a path of restoration. Have I been on a path to bless me, or have I been on a path to bless God and others? Have I been on my own path or the Creator's path for me? Have I been on a path leading to life or have I been on a path leading to death? What paths have you been on this last year? What path are you on right now? Let me give some more questions because I want us to answer these questions, not just today, but I would hope that you would reflect on these even before the ball drops tonight, that you'd reflect on where you have been and where you're going. Let me ask this question. Have I allowed God to lead and direct my life? Write this down if you would. Have I allowed God to lead and direct my life? Have I been on a path that allows God to be God? Or have I been on a path that says, no, I'm in charge. This is my life, my path. Have you been on a path that allows God to be God? Go to, back to verse 1, if you would. Psalm 16, verse 1. David says, preserve me, O God, for in my great army I take refuge. What does he say? For in you I take refuge. Your God, I'm not. Verse Two, I say to Yahweh the Lord, you are my Lord. I'm allowing you to be God of my life. I have no good apart from you. He's saying I'm allowing God to have his place as God in my life. That's a great place to be on this path of life. Go down to verse 11 if you would. 
you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Saying, I'm acknowledging and allowing you to be God in my life. You and I at times, it's like, God, you just, you take the passenger seat. Or maybe even the back seat. Or in fact, we're just going to leave you at home and I'm driving. Or have you allowed God to lead and direct your life? David, in this psalm, over and over, I see his dependence on God. He says, God, I, you are God. I'm depending on you. God's not just a big Santa Claus to David. He's like, okay, God, give me this, this, and this. And when we treat God like Santa Claus, just give me this, this, and this. And when he doesn't, we walk away whining and complaining and miserable. But when we realize that God is, well, he is relational. And he is God, and he is the giver, and he is the director. We find out that there he pours out fullness of joy. Look at verse 11 one more time. In his, he pours out fullness of joy where? In his presence. Look how that word is spelled, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. Some of you might say, oh, there's fullness of joy in his P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. Right? All right, you may have said that on Monday morning, like, oh, there's fullness of joy when there's another present for me. David says, you know what, I've seen your goodness, but there's fullness of joy in the fact that you are here, that you are with me. I think God would say to us, he'd say, oh, enjoy my creation. Enjoy the gifts I give, but ultimately find fullness of joy in me. Enjoy your family, enjoy the mountains, enjoy the beach, the coffee, the book. Enjoy the Seahawks winning today, all right? Enjoy that. Don't laugh at me. He says enjoy that, but ultimately enjoy me. There's fullness of joy in me. And will we allow God to be the present that gives the fullness of joy, his presence? Two questions along with this. One, what good has God performed in my life in 2017? I think this is part of the reflecting that we should be doing. Don't try to do it all right now. I have a few more things to share with you. But write down the question and think about this later today. What good has God performed in my life in 2017? For those of you on Facebook, you might get a little, hey, here's your Facebook in review and you'll get some nice pictures. Some of you will go on your phone. I started doing this with my family this last week and just, hey, remember this? In June, we did this. And maybe it's pulling out a calendar. Maybe it's going through your Bible. If you have a journal going through this, what were some of your successes that God performed in your life? What dreams were fulfilled? What brought about a deep joy? These are moments on the path that God has for you and me. So I was thinking about that with the church. I thought, okay, God, where have you taken even Willamette Community Church? What is the good that you've performed in our church? I thought you allowed us to go to Sierra Leone and see our church and our school and see what is going on there. You've allowed us to go to Mexico and be part of a church there. You've allowed us to go to Gleanings for the Hungry. You've allowed us through Christmas Compassion to bless our neighbors We went through Advent Conspiracy. We had baptisms in the park in August. God, you've allowed us to do a lot of great things. 
You've performed a lot of good. You helped us so that we could hire Amy Withy and Tasha Spivey and Cyrus Retman. God, you have performed good in our church. And as I was looking back at that, I thought, oh, man. When I thought of Cyrus, I thought comedy night. We also had a comedy night here. All right. We had nights of worship. You see, you start growing in your love for God and others, and sometimes I get a glimpse of this, and it's like, God, you performed good in these people's hearts, that they are loving you more. They are loving their neighbors more. They are loving their enemies more. God, you're performing good in their hearts. And then I hear and get to see that you serve and sacrifice I'm thinking, oh God, you're doing good. You're performing good in our lives. I started reflecting on that just for myself and said, what good has God performed in my life this last year? I thought, well, I got to take a personal retreat. I'd never done that before in May, and I went three or four days and just had some alone time with God. It was fantastic. Started working out at the YMCA. I don't know if I'll call it working out, but I, I go to the YMCA once in a while. I memorized more of God's Word through this nice app on my phone called Scripture Typer. Write this down. If you get apps, get this app. It is good for you. Scripture Typer, all right? It's free. Help you memorize God's Word. I got to do that. I got to read some books. In fact, I put them up here. Most of the books that I read this year, some of you probably could read this in a weekend, but this is for me, a year. I mean, reading about the life of Elijah, reading about my soul, reading about pathways, the way, way I can connect with the Lord, reading about relationships and parenting. And I look back and it's like, God, you performed some good in my life. I don't like reading, but I read some books. You were growing me, God. Back in March, I got to celebrate her 25th wedding anniversary with Angela. I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you that she stayed married to me all 25 years so far, all right? I was just going through and saying, God, you have performed good in my life. This, these moments, these are part of the path that God has for you and me. He's been good to us. He's performed good in your life. And this is a good time of year to reflect and give thanks. Write this passage down, if you would. Psalm 106, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. It's the start of a fantastic psalm. It's this idea of looking back and saying, you know what? We can give thanks to the Lord. He is good. His love endures forever. If there's nothing else than his unfailing love, that would be enough. But the psalm, you need to read the whole psalm. It's kind of a long psalm, but it's a good one. It's really a history of their nation, nation of Israel. They're just saying, let's just look at what God has done for us. We sinned, we failed, but God has always been good. God's performed many good deeds in our life. As I was looking at that reflection, it's not just reflecting on a year, this Psalm 106, but it's just reflecting on a whole life, going... It's not even my life, but the life of our nation or the life of a church or a life of... Just reflect on this. As I was thinking about this, I thought, looking back at God's faithfulness, what it does is it builds faith to look forward. Maybe you need to write this phrase down. It's a good phrase. That looking back at God's faithfulness builds faith to look forward. This entire psalm is like, hey, everybody, consider God's faithfulness to our nation. It's going to build faith in you because as you look forward, it's like, oh, man, that's a scary future. Not when you got the faithful God. 
Not when you got a faithful God. Jeremiah, he was a reflecting man. In the book of Lamentations, he writes this whole lament, but he gets to chapter 3, and he's miserable. Write this down, and then just look at this whole chapter. But he's a miserable man until he gets to verse 21, and he says this, but this I call to mind. He's like, oh man, life is so hard. I have no peace. I just want to give up. But this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. This is what help gets gets Jeremiah out of a funk. He says, looking back at God's faithfulness, it builds faith so that I can look forward. Anybody discouraged today? Anybody beat up today? Read this chapter, Lamentations chapter 3, and you'll see that Jeremiah was miserable. But he says this, but this I call to mind. I go back in my memory bank. I do some reflecting. This I call to mind. Therefore, I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Looking back at God's faithfulness, what it does is it builds faith to look forward. Now, with Jeremiah in mind, another question I would have for you is, what hardships has God allowed in my life in 2017? Let's not just look at the good that God has performed, though you should do that and give thanks, but what hardships has God allowed in your life in 2017? You should consider these. What were your failures? What were your disappointments? What rattled your cage? What dreams have been shattered? What losses did you experience? What broke your heart? This is part of the path that God has you on. He has allowed. That's a key word, that he has allowed these hardships. Sometimes it's because of your sin. All right, let's just be honest. Sometimes it's our sin that Well, this is kind of the hardship I'm facing because of my sin. Sometimes it's the sins of others. But God allows this. And it's good today and every day to reflect on the hardships that God has allowed in our lives. Because looking back does what? Looking back at God's faithfulness builds faith so that I can look forward. The hardships. It's like, God, I failed as a husband, as a father, as a follower of you, Jesus. Okay, just look back. God's been faithful to you. And that's going to build faith so that you can look forward. Job was a man who was beat up. If he was reflecting on his life, he'd go, oh man, this last year, I lost family, I lost possessions, I lost all of this. Notice what Job says here in Job chapter 13, verse 15. He says this, though he slay me, God, this is what it feels like, yet I will hope in him. How do you say that? How do you say that with so much loss? You look back at God's faithfulness, and it builds faith so that you can look forward. Whether it's Jeremiah or Job or you or me, looking back at God's faithfulness, It builds faith so that you can look forward. It's important for you and I to consider our hardships. To consider these. Write these down. What were 
the things that broke your heart. Because your discomfort is meant to move you to the comforter. Your discomfort is meant to move you to the comforter. God allows discomfort and pain and hurt and loss. He would take that discomfort and it is meant to move you to the comforter himself. And so reflect the ways that God has performed good in your life. But reflect also the hardships that he's allowed. Let that move you to him, the comforter. So let me spend a few moments then and talk about this next year, the coming days, 2018. Let me ask this question. In what ways should I seek God then in 2018? What ways should I seek God in 2018? Or can you tell me how to get to maturity? Can you tell me how to get to a deepened faith? Can you tell me how to have a relationship that is anchored to Jesus Christ? That's kind of where I want to go, right? Can you tell me how to get there? Well, let's consider two ways specifically that we should seek God in 2018. Number one, be teachable. Be teachable. You can make a lot of plans for this next year, like, oh, January 1st, tomorrow, go to the gym, start working out, you know. Man, I, I started doing that last night. I'm like, no sugar in my diet. I need to lay off for at least a couple more hours. <laughs> so you're, we're making a lot of plans. But I thought, of all the plans, I want to be teachable. I want to be teachable. I want to be teachable to the associate pastor who tells me, stop biting your fingers, all right? When he tells me that, I'm like, don't tell me what to do, you punk. <laughs> but the teachable part of me says, yeah, he's right. It's gross and disgusting, and don't look at my fingers right now, all right? <laughs> the teachable part of me says, yeah, he's probably got a point. This may be one of the great overall plans for the year, that I would be teachable. That I would acknowledge my need for ultimately God to direct my path. The one who's got infinite wisdom, to let him lead my path. The one who's got infinite love, infinite power for him to direct my steps. Write down a couple more verses if you would. Psalm 25, 4. Psalm 25, 4. David says this. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Here's his conversation as he's journaling to God. Make me to know your ways. Teach me. I mean, I'm, I know I'm a king, but you're God. Teach me your paths. My paths, ah, oh man, I've messed up on my path so many times. Teach me. You see, you and I, if we're teachable, we will grow in greater devotion to Jesus. If we're teachable, we will become better spouses. If we are teachable, we'll become better parents. If we're teachable, we will become more healthy. If we are teachable, I think we'll grow in about every single way possible if we are teachable. Number one goal for the year, be teachable. The problem is, Proverbs 14, 12 tells us this. 
There is a way that seems right to a man or a woman or to any individual, but its end is the way to death. There's a way that seems right to us. It's like, ah, I don't want to be teachable. I got my own route figured out. That leads to death. Do yourself and your family a favor and tell a story how you have gone your own way. And it actually led to death. Share with somebody, go, man, I I thought this was the way to go and I went my own way and it leads to death. But seeking God then takes this teachable heart, a desire to have your soul fed. Back in 2005, someone gave me a book and said, you should read this book. And I was like, oh, I don't like reading books. I don't really, okay. I'll read the book. It's called Too Busy Not to Pray. All right. Uh, So I started reading this book. And in this book, it says, try this idea of journaling. Go buy yourself a journal. And in the front of the journal, just reflect each day, each week. Reflect on what God has taught you at church, in your own Bible reading. Reflect on the state of your heart, your mind. Reflect on what you've accomplished or what you didn't accomplish. Just write these things down. Pour out your soul. In the back of the journal, start writing out your prayers. Slows you down. and You write out your prayers. So I said, okay, 2000, it was 2005. I said, I'm going to try this. It was January. It was a good time to start anything. January 15th, 2005, I started journaling. These are, since January 15th, 2005, my journals that I have used. Let me read to you Saturday night, January 15th, 2005, the start of journaling I wrote. It's 8.15 at night, and I'm embarking on what I hope to be a helpful discipline in my life for years to come. Almost made it 13 years. I just read in Too Busy Not to Pray by Bill Hybels that he started doing this. I would like to do this as well as a method to examine my life and slow me down from being too busy. So I said today was a good day. I've been focused on God. I was productive as a father. It's been a good day. Tonight I got a call from somebody and he says he's going to be at the class that I'm teaching at tomorrow. And we talked about how God had given him peace with a pending problem. But I don't remember praying for him much, if any, the past eight days. That's another reason I want to journal, so that I can remember people better and slow my life down. So this is step one. Let's see how it goes. I wasn't even a pastor at a church when I started this. Let's see how this goes. And God's directed my path. Just having this teachable spirit. Okay, God, I'll, I'll write some thoughts down. Early on, I had raggedy journals. I'm getting better now at this. But let me read one from May later that year. It's early in the morning I realize that I've been living an unexamined life lately and thus a more meaningless life. Without examination, I find my thoughts more wayward and my purpose less clear. Last Monday, I was able to lead a gentleman to Jesus and that was a massive high for me. For the most part, though, I've been working, just getting the next big thing done. Today, I have a lot to tackle, so I hope to do it all in the awareness of his presence. 
just started this discipline. Said, okay, I'll be teachable. I'll read a book. I'll be teachable and follow this idea of journaling. These journals have been some of my best friends over the last 13 years. In fact, one day a lady came into my office and she said, would you pray for me and my family? I said, sure. And she goes, you must have a massive prayer list. I got out my journal and said, okay, start a prayer list. <laughs> Great idea. I started a prayer list. At the beginning of each month, then, I put the things that are most heavy on my heart. Many of your names have been in these journals as I've heard of your situations. I think that goes back to me in 2015 just being teachable. Okay, I'll read a book. Okay, I'll try journaling. It has been good for my soul. Just me trying to be sensitive to God's leading. I write down ways that God has performed good in my life. I've written down hardships that God has allowed in my life. Some of those pages have tear stains on them. But along with reading books and listening to messages, spending time with God, spending time with you, yeah, spending time with you, God continues to grow me. I like hanging out with you. Maybe I can learn something, all right? I want to be teachable. Hang out with you. You can teach me something. I seek the Lord by being teachable. In what ways will you seek the Lord this year? I hope that is with this one word, teachable. You've already heard this morning there are some things coming up starting in January, Bible studies. Some of you could sit there and go, ah, I've already done those Bible studies. I already know that book of the Bible. That's not a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit says, you know what? I probably should sit down with God's Word, with God's people, and I believe that God's going to meet me there and show me something. Might be a men's breakfast. Ah, I've done the breakfast before. I don't need to know any of it. I don't even like their food. But listen, what if you went with teachable spirit and said, I'm going to show up because maybe God wants me to meet somebody or maybe somebody needs to meet me or maybe God has a word for me that day. And so whether it's a breakfast or a coffee connection or a community group, what if you said, ah, you know what? I, I'll be teachable. I'll try some of these things out. Would you allow God to shape you? Even reading your Bible this year. I struggle with this. I'm like, I've read the thing. I know it. Okay, I got it. Do I need to read it? Keep reading it? So the other day I was like, okay, uh, I'm going to start in First Chronicles. I don't remember a whole lot about that. I'm reading that and like God just showed me stuff like, what? I haven't seen that before. He's like, you actually have, but I'm just, I'm going to show you some new stuff. I think it's a teachable spirit. How are you going to seek the Lord this year? As a know-it-all who's going to set your own path? Or say, uh, God, can you tell me how to get to maturity, stronger faith, better relationship with you? Can you show me how to get there? And then number two, lastly, in what way should I seek God this year? Let me give you this one. These four words, faithfully go to Jesus. Faithfully go to Jesus. 
I was just going to write, go to Jesus, but there was this idea that I wanted you to know that it's more than once. There is a one time where you need to go to Jesus and acknowledge him as the Lord of your life. But then there's this idea that you need to go to him and go to him and go to him and go to him and go to him. And I could do this till I'm out of breath, but you are to faithfully go to Jesus. When you sin, go to Jesus. When you win, go to Jesus. When your heart is broken, guess where you're supposed to go? Oh, you're a pretty fast learner. When you are anxious, go to Jesus. When you're happy, when you get an unexpected gift, when you get an unexpected hurt, good answer, buddy. Faithfully go to Jesus. If you'd make this your plan this year, I will faithfully go to Jesus. Because you will have all of those situations. Your heart will break. You'll have wonderful moments. Faithfully go to Jesus. When you sin, go to him. Confess it. Acknowledge it. He wipes you up and says, forgiven. That's what the cross was all about. When you win, go to him and give thanks. And he goes, man, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I've got more of those good things in store for you. Go to Jesus. Will we be people who continually acknowledge our need for Jesus to direct our path, the one who's infinitely wise, infinitely loving, infinitely powerful? The one who said that he's the way, faithfully go to him. The one who said that he was the good shepherd, go to him. The one who said, I am the resurrection and the life, Go to him. The one who said, I am the bread of life, go to him. Man, the kids are getting it. Come on, adults, you can get it too. The one who said, I've got all of this covered, go to him. See, as we reflect on this next, reflect on this last year and look ahead, reflect on the good that God has performed in your life and reflect on the hardships that he's allowed. And simply say, this year, Jesus, I want to be teachable. And I'll faithfully and continually go to you. Bow your head and pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the path that you've had me and us on path where we are cruising through space at a ridiculously fast pace, but even the path that you have us on through blessings of joy and blessings of heartache, you have us and you have shown us the path of life. And I would ask for my brothers and sisters that you would help us to reflect on the good that you've performed. You'd help us to reflect on the hardships you've allowed and that we would look back at your faithfulness and it would build faith to look forward. God, this next year is not going to be easier. Life is only getting worse in one regard. Your coming is closer than ever. And so help us not to look forward to easier times, but help us to look for your presence. For in your presence is fullness of joy, even in the dark moments.
So make me, make my brothers and sisters, make us teachable people who would see our need for you. Make us people who would continually go to you. Yes, help us to see you as the fount of every blessing, but to help us see you as the comforter in the darkest hour. We thank you that you are God. And so we thank you for this past year. We thank you for what's ahead. May we draw near to you in greater ways. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.